You are listening to Get With IT, a podcast by IT Ops Times. I'm Jacob Lukowitz, multimedia editor at IT Ops Times. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast episode. Today, we're going to be talking about the critical cyber vulnerabilities of software as a service and why it's especially critical to focus on now in the context of Cybersecurity Awareness Month. With me today is Shiva Nathan, founder and CEO at Onimus, a startup that enables enterprises to build apps faster. Hi, Shiva. Welcome to the podcast, and thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks, Jacob. Thanks for having me in your podcast. It's great to have you here. So to start off for our audience, um, what lessons can we learn from recent attacks that are linked to third-party SaaS vendors? Uh, with regards to SaaS, um, even before you start to develop your application, uh, do a lot more upfront planning in terms of what SaaS providers are you going to be using and looking at the security profile of the SaaS vendor. That's upfront planning. And once you already have an application that's up and going, schedule a regular quote-unquote maintenance schedule in terms of looking at the security posturing of the SaaS vendor and how you actually integrate with the SaaS vendor. And whether you even need to still continue with that particular SaaS vendor uh, at all. And then, Mm -hmm. of course, the third is the end of life. Let's say for whatever reason you choose uh, to move out from a SaaS vendor to either a competitor or try to build it in-house, that particular functionality that a SaaS vendor was earlier providing, you need to start looking into um, how are you going to keep the data uh, um, safe wherever the SaaS vendor was keeping? Is there a way for you to ask a SaaS vendor to delete the data of yourself and your customers with that? So to summarize, it's all about planning, planning, planning ahead. And then the second part is, doing regular upkeep and third is uh, deprecation or coming off of a SaaS vendor. Mm-hmm. So who in, in organizations should normally be you know, employing some of those, those planning measures or preventative measures? I think security should be pretty much everyone's responsibility. Um, mm-hmm. It starts from the C-suite and goes down all the way to the engineer that's coding uh, for the particular service to be used. Um, so right from the architecture or even like a product planning for a product, you start to put in requirements in terms of what security uh, levels you're going to meet uh, in building the product. You start from there and then do it. My pet gripe is that the pendulum swung way too much towards SaaS, um, which was the right thing to do in the early 2000 and 2010s when you didn't want to build everything yourself. What's the fun when you're building an app in building a login or authentication module? You would rather go give this to Okta or Auth0, depending on your case, and build it. And if you have payment, it was better for you to go use Stripe or PayPal or whatever. Mm-hmm. But what essentially happened in this market was that there were too many honeypots that were created. SaaS moved the functionality to be done, but the uh, problem that was not thought of was that data moved along with the functionality. So that was a bigger blunder that happened with SaaS. I would not call it the biggest blunder, but there are, like, the big blunder that happened with SaaS was there were a company trying to build applications in 2000 and 2010 and said, I don't want to write all this code, so let me give it to a SaaS vendor. And without a second thought, the data moved to the SaaS vendor, and now the SaaS vendors are big honeypots of data that makes it lucrative for cyber hackers, both state and non-state uh, actors, to go hit those uh, cyber uh, uh do the cyber attacks on honeypots of data. So previously, let's let's take a specific example going back. Let's say when every company was doing their own payment system, 
a cyber attacker had very less incentive uh, to go attack every single application vendor out there to get some credit card information. Mm-hmm. But now if you go attack Stripe, in one attack, you can get like hundreds of millions of uh, credit card data out. So, which essentially mm-hmm. is a honeypot. You go attack one of these large SaaS vendors, you get everyone's uh, login ID. You go attack mm-hmm. someone's uh, another SaaS vendor, you get all the credit card information. Another SaaS vendor, you get all the geolocation information. We have created a lot of honeypots of SaaS. So as an application vendor, you need to start thinking about, do I need to go put my data into these honeypots or is there a way that I can keep the data where I want to keep it and use the SaaS vendors as more of algorithm providers? And I think mm-hmm. in the next 10 years, you will actually see this software as a service only provides a software, but does not become the gatekeeper of your data. I see. So what what have you seen is like the response of um, like those those payment providers that are now the honeypots what is the honeypots response i mean they're still controlling all of or holding all of these this user data right and it'll take a while to to shift over to another area right so the existing saas providers have the momentum uh, or um, their current thing of the only way that they know how to do business is when their customers data comes into their cloud and do it so all that they are trying to do is Data is trying to build a stronger fort to protect the data. But as we know, you know, 15, 20 years back, there were only non-state actors, few guys sitting in a basement trying to hack into stuff. But that's mm-hmm. not the case in 2023. We have like sophisticated data centers sponsored by nation states trying to attack. So whatever big fort that you build, how many other scales of walls that you're trying to build, there will always be vulnerability. I think the mm-hmm. fundamental shift that needs to happen in the internet is that we need to pull the data out of these honeypots and the new slew of companies and startups like Onimus would come up that will actually say, you don't need to take your data and put it into a SaaS vendor, keep the data where you want it to be, but get the SaaS vendors to provide you just the algorithm or the logic or what the name implies, just a software as a service. Software as a service, unfortunately implied storing data as a service as well. I think those two need to be decoupled completely. Mm-hmm. I see. So the the issue now is kind of a consolidation of of user data in these select spots, um, and, and the answer would be kind of to have a wider network of that. But do you think that that many of these companies are equipped to handle attacks um, that are still coming from from nation states? Uh, you know, so sophisticated attacks. Will will that decrease the number of of attacks that are happening? I'm not a pessimist when it comes to data security. Yes, you have to do what you have to do in terms of uh, catching up to the latest security measures, making every possible security technology at your disposal installed and updated and keeping up to current to the latest cybersecurity threats and so on. But you have not taken the root cause of the problem. The root cause of the problem is that we have these honeypots of data sitting in the middle of uh, SaaS server providers where it should not have been to begin with in the first place. So we need to start moving things away from that. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's yeah, a very so contra- it seemed... thinking from where we are right now in 2023, not mm-hmm. something that you'll probably hear from. Others that you speak to, they're going to talk to you about, oh, we have to make it more robust and stuff. Yeah, everyone wants to do that. That's table stakes. But why is it that that there are hackers that is interested in attacking me? You ought to start asking that fundamental question. Mm-hmm. 
I see. Yeah. So it seems like it's going to be a good time for security professionals. There's going to be a whole lot more demand because now not not just in one place, but everybody needs you know that that certain level of security. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, all right. So yeah, one of my last questions is you know how can organizations strike a balance between the convenience um, and security when it comes to user access to SaaS applications? Okay, so in the short term, uh, what companies need to do is try to split their data and not hold all the data in one location. So mm -hmm. if you're using SaaS providers, multiple of them, there's no one company that says I only use one SaaS provider and they do everything for me, right? They do, they have every company, every application uses multiple SaaS providers. Try to split and segregate and splice your data and keep them in different SaaS providers and do not incentivize the hackers are going to attack you to be able to collate this data uh, together. Um, mm -hmm. That's one in the short term. In the long term, the same way that you actually have security postures and stuff like that, start to think about data posturing. Start to think in terms of data posture, where is your data and your customer's data are going to go reside and ask the question, why? And even before you create a data and you store your data, tag expiration to the data. Um, and that's something that's grossly missing from what security uh, analysts do today, which is everyone loves to have data and they just keep the data residing forever. Uh, even though someone is not your customer, someone was your customer seven, 10 years back, you still keep the social security number, you still keep their home address, the phone numbers and everything. Why? Um, yeah, they might, I might need my marketing team to be able to go market to them 10 years later, but think of the liability that you're taking on to yourself by being, being able to keep the data. So every time that you consume data from your from your customer or you create a data, um, tag an expression um, to the data, expression date to the data, and then be very diligent about going and cleaning up that data. Um, gone are the days where you think that, oh, the storage is, storage is cheap, let me just store and keep it. Uh, mm -hmm. What you have is a ticking time bomb. The more data that you have, you know that someday you're going to lose it. And then uh, your C-suite has to go explain uh, to the market as to why you lost that data of your customers. Mm, yeah. Right. Yeah, so definitely. Short -term, yeah, short term, split the data, keep it in multiple SaaS providers, have a backup plan. Long term, get a data posture starting from why am I collecting this data? Do I need this data? Tag an expiration timestamp clean up the data uh, on a regular basis and so on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's very important. It definitely seems like there's a, the b big incentive on collecting as much data as possible. But, you know, people get lazy when it comes to then cleaning that up. Because then what's mm -hmm. but is with all the regulations and compliance uh, laws that are coming out now. I mean, hopefully that'll be front of mind. It seems like. Yeah. Um, regulation supports the incumbent. Um, that's what I would always say that um, every industry that's gone through regulation has always supported the incumbents, uh, the large mm -hmm. providers out there. So in a technology industry where regulations don't play as much of a role yet, hopefully never, um, you need to start thinking in terms of um, what am I doing which is cutting edge? If I am following the herd, um, what, if I'm following the head and doing everything that everyone is doing, I'm as vulnerable as everyone in the in the mixes. So mm -hmm. you have to start thinking in terms of, am I going to wait for regulation to come and tell me that 
a customer's data needs to be deleted when the customer asks me for it because of GDPR is asking me for it? Or should you already be ahead of the curve and say, you know what, even in, in jurisdictions where there is no requirement, I'm going to actually have a much better um, process in place about data and data lifecycle and so on. Don't mm-hmm. wait for regulation to catch, catch up with you because if, regulation, if you're waiting for regulations to catch up with you, it's too late already. The hackers know that the regulation is coming in. Uh, the mm-hmm. hackers know that what can they do before the regulation comes into play. And there's also an interesting problem these days, which is the actors are actually using regulations to help them. Um, so let's say there is a system out there. I've recently heard about this case where there are systems out there where the hackers came in and created the AVOC and then used the regulations to say, delete my data. So the hacker's data got deleted so that there's no trace of the hacker having gone and done all these nefarious things in the system. Hmm. So the hackers are starting to use regulations for their own benefit, something that most people don't even think about, right? Yeah, hmm. there's GDPR that lets hmm. the European citizens to go clean up the data. Hmm. But let's say an actor using the same GDPR comes and tells you, hey, I finished my hacking, delete all the, delete the fact that I even came into your system. You would delete it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting point. point. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So, so you want to start possibly thinking, a solution. Start yeah. 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 So don't try to wait for regulations. Think more objectively. Think ahead of the curve. So if you're if you're doing a company, if you have data of your customers or yours, think um, as to how the hackers can use a use a regulation for their benefit and that'll how that'll impact your business. Mm-hmm. So are there any uh, frameworks or best practices that come to mind for those that are looking to stay ahead of the curve and not waiting for regulation to catch up? So I'll do a small pitch here of our own company, Onimus, right? Mm-hmm. So we are the first of its kind a company that does what is called no data architecture. So we provide pieces to make application development faster uh, and easier without the data going out of your enterprise to Onimus or to any of the vendors that Onimus uses. Uh, uses. So we are a very unique model in the sense that we actually go to the uh, CTOs and VPs of engineering out there and say, build your application using Onimus, not a bit or byte of data comes into Onimus's system or people or process or anything at all. Your customer data and your data stays where you want them to be, whether it's on-prem, whether it's on-prem or your cloud account uh, on AWS, GCP or Azure or wherever. Um, so start to look into companies like Onimus, which actually provides this thing called no data architecture which is very unique and very different. And that's what is going to be ruling the world in the five years, 10 years from now, which essentially is delinking software as a service from data storage as a service. Why should uh, Salesforce, which was like one of the precursor of software as a service company, why should Salesforce store all the data about your sales and your sales process and stuff? Could they have not provided the same algorithms to run on the data that is sitting under your control somewhere that you can shut off anytime that you want when you decide to move out of Salesforce and go to, let's say, HubSpot or some other tool. But you can't do that anymore. Let's take mm-hmm. Stripe. Um, Stripe has this amazing system. Could Stripe have written those algorithms to work on data that is sitting on your hard disk and storage wherever you choose to keep it in a cloud vendor or your own on-prem environment? Could those algorithms have been written on your data? The answer is yes. Mm-hmm. And that's what we are moving to. 
I'll give you a very specific example. Let's say you're going to go apply for a car loan. Your car loan uh, company now says, well, upload your last pay stub, upload your social security number, upload your bank account, upload all of your bank information. What do they do with the data? All that they're doing with the data is finding out how risky of a person, of an investment it is for you to give you a car loan, right? And they come back with, let's say, A, B, C, D, or, C, D, or E. Mm -hmm. If you're A, they give you like a 3% interest rate. If you're a B, 4% interest rate and so on. Couldn't they have run that same algorithm on the data, which is 100% on your control at that point in time, run that algorithm, garden their rating out of that algorithm, A, B, C, D, or E, and told you what your interest rate is and not pulling the data that you, you had. And you know, after that algorithm was run, the company that was giving you the car loan has no more access to the data that you have. Mm -hmm. right? yeah. But that's not how it is today. You're uploading everything. It's going sitting in someone's server, another honeypot, which stores every person that's applying for a car loan. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, that data is sitting there and hackers right. love that information. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So this has to fundamentally change. Internet is kind of like internet is great. It was invented right, but how we implemented internet when the SaaS things came up is wrong. Is what we're trying to say. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. I think that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much, Shiva, for coming on. Okay. Thanks, Jacob. Thanks for your time. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in today. Be sure to check out all of our weekly episodes on your favorite podcast listening platform. 